The following podcast contains spoilers for The Handmaiden and Blind Spotting. You have been warned. Welcome back, everybody, to another exciting episode of KFR News Radio. It is uh, Glenn and Michael here, and uh, we have two, count them, two movies we're going to talk about. I don't know if you've been with us the last few weeks, but we are going to talk about two freaking movies. We are. Mike, what are these movies? Well, we are going to be speaking about The Handmaiden, directed by Chan Wook Park, or Park Chan Wook, depending on where you live, and Blind Spotting, directed by. A guy. Oh, come on. This is the most whose like name? Spanish name in the Carlos world. Carlos Lopez Estrada. Estrada. So, Estrada. Yeah, that, that, that jaunt. Uh, but yeah, last week, surprisingly, no movies made it onto the shelf. We I are tried. still standing at one movie with Outlaw King. And uh, we're going to see if these two movies can get on. But first, Glenn. Miguel. See any movies last week that you want to talk about? Believe it or not, <clears throat> I didn't see anything this last week. <laughs> like, at all. I, I, I know I saw editing it. I said I was going to see uh, Creed. We never got around to that. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's pretty much been my life because work just started. The holiday season at UPS mm-hmm. is getting uh, hectic. I can so imagine. I have, I have only enough time to sleep. Sometimes yeah. photosynthesize, but that's about it. I mean, even I only saw two movies, none of which are really worthy of uh, talking about. But I saw The Grinch uh, with Benedict Cumberbatch and Kiss of the Spider Woman, which is a 1985 movie with uh, William Hurt and Raul Julia. And that's, a, that's an interesting uh, sounding Spider-Man movie that I had no idea came out. <laughs> it's a... Uh, f- Far from a Spider-Man movie. It's <laughs> about a, a gay man and a political prisoner who are in prison together, and the gay man narrates stories of two fake movies and his own life. Actually, uh, that's, that's uh, IMDb that's synopsis. Pretty close to the plot. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was okay. I mean, <laughs> it was in that 1001 Movies You Must See Before You Die book. Yeah. Um, it was entertaining. It was uh, well-made, but nothing to write home about, really. Okay. And I'm sure someone would disagree with me on that, but you know everybody what? Everybody disagrees with everybody, though. That's so true. Everything is awesome. Let's get that fact out there. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. Uh, but let's get into the nitty-gritty, good sir, good with sir. The Handmaiden. So, I recognize that most, if not all of you, probably don't understand what's going on in that trailer because it is indeed in Korean. But trust me, just check it out. It's a good trailer. A woman is hired as a handmaiden 
to a Japanese heiress, but secretly she's involved in a plot to defraud her. Mm. Mm. That's I mean that's as good as it gets right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is directed, as you may know, by Chan Wook Park of Old Boy fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also did Thirst, Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, uh, pretty much all the Vengeance movies that you may or may not know. Um, and it's a South Korean film starring Min Hee Kim, Jung Woo Ha, Jing Woong Cho, uh, Hai Suk Kim, and Suri Moon. And I extremely apologize if I mispronounce any of those, but I think I, I got them pretty good. Yeah, uh, I think so. But yeah, uh, one thing that's new this week is these both of these movies we're going to talk about, I have seen. Yeah, and I'm kind I of have not. I'm kind of interested in what you have to think, Glenn. Yeah, so pretty much this is an episode all about your boy, <laughs> your boy. And how Glenn. how badly he can review both of these movies? Not, <laughs> I mean, I'll try, they were try to try but, to help you out a bit. Yeah. So, where do I even start, The Handmaiden? <laughs> well, uh, I mean, if it helps you out, this is a based on a English book or Welsh book. I, I mean, it's but. The author is book. Welsh. The author is Welsh. I believe it, it is in the English language uh, by Sarah Waters. Uh, it's called Fingersmith, which kind of tells you everything you need to know. What do you think that? What, what brings that uh, to mind when when you think Fingersmith? So Fingersmith uh, is an old English term for essentially just a uh, you know pickpocket or a thief. But if you watch it. Having seen this movie, it's got a double entendre meaning, uh, uh, an innuendo, if you will, because ultimately this movie, uh, Sarah Waters is kind of known for writing books about lesbians, I think, if I read correctly. And uh, yeah, fix it. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, this is uh, it kind of fits the whole theme here where uh, two women kind of fall in love in a time period where it's not really it's you know, not really you know allowed yeah it's not really allowed and this movie is just the first time i watched it i had no idea what the hell was going on and <laughs> honestly upon viewing it a second time which is this was my second time i understand it a lot more like i knew i liked it the first time i watched it yeah but it really just kind of messes there's there's so many twists and turns and these people are are uh tricking this person and then you find out that that person's actually in on another trick who's going against another person and then another person on the person is on a trick and everyone's getting tricked and everyone's tricking yeah so i I think um, for the, the like first the first trick, I'd say, like, I at first I was, like, hesitant on whether or not I was going to like this because I'm like, okay, you're hiring a chick to steal from this person. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know if that's too original. And then it's like, all right, hey, uh, I know you're, I know I'm going to steal for you or from you, but uh, wait, I, I love you. <laughs> and now I don't want to do this. And yeah. then there's a twist. And then there's another twist after that. <laughs> and then I'm just like, so I'm leaning in my seat, like chin through my throat. Just what is happening? Yeah. I don't know if you would agree with me on this, but it's it's a it's a notion. It's a opinion I've had for quite some time. Uh, South Koreans just make better movies than Americans. 
They're well, uh, I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, like they, they for just the get... three or four that I've actually seen, I would say yes. <laughs> yeah, they, they just get away with so much more than you know American audiences would allow. So they just kind of they they don't have as much rules to follow as to what's a like possible. Yeah, there's not really. Res- I wouldn't say there's isn't restrictions, but mm-hmm. they they definitely kind of do what they want. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's. I mean. I kind of fell in love with Korean films when I watched Old Boy for the first time, and yeah, I just kind of would watch more. Then there's The Host, The Wailing, mm-hmm. uh, Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. This I could go on. Train to Busan. That's another great one, and it they just have. It's just you think American movies can be dark until you see South Korean movies, and you're just like, holy shit. Uh, yeah. All Americans are Muppet characters and don't know what real struggle is. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, these, uh, these movies are, uh, bar none, some of the best movies. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> so this this movie does contain, you know, a lesbian relationship. And I just want to tell a little story. <laughs> well, I, I forgot how in-depth into the into relationship it? It, and how... how it's not graphic, but for lack of a better word, graphic the scenes get. And I live on a first story apartment. My blinds to my windows were wide open. <laughs> and I couldn't little, decide. Yeah, it's it, a little explicit. Yeah, during it's, the it's like the extended lesbian flesh. sex scene, I could not determine whether or not it would be more awkward for me to leave the blinds open or for me to get up and close them if someone were looking into my window. What would have worse the best implications? Thing you could have done was just gotten up and if there was happening to be somebody out there, you just look at them dead in the eyes. And slowly close the blinds. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I mean this this movie's Yeah. <laughs> this movie's uh in my opinion, it's fantastic. It it uh it won the BAFTA for best foreign language film at the seventy first BAFTAs. The BAFTAs, for those of you who don't know, are kind of like the Oscars for England. Uh, it's it won the Palme d'Or in the two thousand sixteen Cannes Film Festival, um, and uh, no, sorry, it was nominated, didn't win. Um, the Palme d'Or is like the highest prize that you can get at the Cannes Film Festival. Uh, it's got a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, so it is not without its accolades. And I think it really kind of deserves it. I'm actually surprised that it lost the Palme d'Or, uh, although I haven't seen this. The movie it lost out to is I, Daniel Blake. Um, I mean, it's got to be good, considering. Yeah, it's got to be good if it beat this out. But, uh, you know, I really... It, it, this movie's so well made and it's I think it's easier to digest than old boy for some of those who, uh, who may kind of want to experience South Korean films for the first time but don't want to go as deep as old boy because old boy gets say, old real boys dark. also it's it's a little uh <clears throat> it's a little messed up just a little bit just a little bit and, and you know this this whole movie, has great performances uh and yeah, by everybody too. Yeah, every every single person's on point. Uh, yeah, it kind of benefits from us not really knowing the actors as well as we know American actors cuz then you mm-hmm. can kind of kind of buy it as a real story more than like, you know, if like Brad Pitt was in it or yeah. or you also wouldn't in my opinion take that kind of movie seriously. 
Like, let's say Brad Pitt was this guy. And oh, yeah. Yeah. And then Gary Oldman was this guy. <laughs> I, I Gary mean, Oldman I is both women. He's <laughs> he could do it. All right, I'd watch. He it. could do it. I'd watch it. <laughs> yeah, I did a little research on this movie or on the book that the movie's based on, and it kind of Fingersmith. makes more sense. He had the Fingersmith or just Fingersmith. Um, it's kind of like the whole thing is kind of just a reflection of how society sees women as objects, and you know. Uh, pornography. The the one of the main characters in the movie is forced by her uncle to read erotic novels in front of a bunch of men, and even in one part, act out one of it with a wooden doll. Yeah, and uh, it's it really kind of brings a whole new level of I don't want to say seriousness, but you know, it it it's, it's, it, it sheds it's new extreme. light on it when you think it's, of it that way. I I don't know how uh, what the word would be, but it's a uh... It's it's something. It's something. <laughs> it's it's really something. The second time watching, I read that about that before I even watched it. It's just so apparent that that's what it's about. Yeah. You know, the, uh, for better or worse, it, it does a really good job at kind of hiding its meaning behind what is going on. Like it's not super obvious that it's like anti patriarchy, mm-hmm. uh, which you know I'm fine with it being anti patriarchy. I know some people get angry about that for whatever reason. <laughs> Uh, but it it's a good way to kind of show you how messed up society can be. Um, yeah, I, I think with the with you, the you said the, the the fingersmith was like about like a Welsh thing. Well, it's it's essentially the same thing. It just takes place in in yeah, I think, England than than South yeah, Korea. Okay, well, I think they pick like kind of like a perfect time like era mm-hmm. for this movie to be. Like set in place, yeah. Because like, uh, you know, Japanese are pretty harsh about their rules and all that. So, uh, if anybody's gonna take it seriously, like lesbian lovers, it's probably gonna be wow. That made me seem racist. But no, <laughs> Japanese they they're pretty. You know, they're pretty strict. Yeah, I, I mean, I I think it's just a uh, proven, studied fact that they are. I'm a scientist, everyone. <laughs> I don't want to say I don't want to say that they're strict, but they're more. I, again, I have no idea, but th- there's definitely a lack of reproduction happening in Japan for whatever reason. Um, that is the only part that is factual that I am comfortable with talking about. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to make myself look like a complete asshole who doesn't know anything. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I, get, I, get, I totally get what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> we got to just steer away from foreign movies from now. Yeah. <laughs> now, but um, yeah, I feel like they picked a perfect like a uh, time setting to like definitely. do it because it just works so well, and especially like how hand, handmaidens themselves—they were basically just you know they were maids. Like that was that was it for them. Yeah, they're there to serve whoever they're lady or master is mm-hmm. um one one of the many things i think this movie did fantastically it's really good at revealing things in an oh shit moment yeah when like you realize the first time that you realize <laughs> that uh the count and um lady hadiko or hadiko however you pronounce that uh, are actually colluding against Suki. Yeah. Um, and like when you realize that they are going to be 
putting her into the mental institution rather than Lady Hadiko. <laughs> I gotta stop. Hedico? Bring her name. Hedico, yeah. Yeah. Uh, when you realize that instead of her going into the mental institution, it's actually going to be Suki. That's like a, oh shit. I, I yeah. can't believe that. The, that the, the best part about that is like when that was happening, when she was like saying her goodbyes to Lady Hideko, and then Lady Hideko goes over to uh, Count Fujiwara. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh shit. <laughs> like yeah, it yeah, was that, like me actually exhaling that out of my body said, oh, yeah. Shit. <laughs> yeah, they, they, he uh, does such a real good job that like just turning the tables and revealing like you're, you're just like, what, where is she going? Mm-hmm. Where, why is she walking away? Why is Suki just staying there? Uh, you, you, I, I get why she's sad. Does she understand what's going on? You, you ask yourself questions and you kind of, you learn what is happening with Suki, mm-hmm. although she knew all along. Uh, but at the time, you don't know. And yeah. they do that again real well when kind of revealing that uh, th- that was always a plan of Suki and Lady Hadiko's. Hadiko's. It was all, all part of their plan, too. Uh, so it's just. Uh, just yeah it's funny because so the, there's there's so many like little twists in this movie and like mm-hmm. i even wrote down a note i'm like man uh this movie is competing with the newest mission impossible for twists but then yeah. i remembered this came out first so it's the other way around yeah. and, and like for for how dark this movie is it actually handles co- comedic timing really well yes like uh when when lady hedico is about to hang herself and then suki saves her and then when Suki realizes that they were colluding against her, she lets go. Yeah, she, not, like not acci- she accidentally wants... drops her, like yeah, kind not, of in not... like a fit of rage. Yeah, and, and it just how it happens, the shot, it's just an extremely long shot. You see Lady Hideko, the rope, uh, like, go tense around her neck. And uh, Suki's just like, motherfucker! <laughs> it's just, it's just it's really well-timed comedically where, like, yeah that woman is hanging but it's just it's funny and it's meant yeah. to be funny like you know that she's not in any danger suki's gonna save her but just out of in a fit of rage kind of forgot what was going on and i i thought she that was, was really upset and let her love her die you know yeah yeah we, we do that from time to time <laughs> we do we do <laughs> uh i and kind of going back to the whole you know society where women are objectified and everything in the end this turns really really dark for count fuji fujiwara oh yeah um where he's kind of kidnapped by uh um the uncle and they starts cutting off his fingers and while he's like bleeding and being tortured and everything all the uncle wants to hear about is how having sex with his niece was. And yeah, it's, he just wanted to hear about the erotic moments. Yeah. And, and asked like in detail and you know, that's maybe not to that extent, but that's something that happens where like some guys only want to hear about the conquest more than like relationships and, and get details of, you know, what perverted things were done. And yeah, people it's, are, uh, it's so obsessed. Yeah, it it was so creepy, and I this whole movie is just great and and dark and so beautifully shot. Uh, the cinematographer uh, Chung Hoon Chung, which is the greatest name ever. I actually <laughs> love that name. Uh, he was a cinematographer for Old Boy, for It, the new It, 
uh, for Stoker. He's pretty really? much Chanwook Park's go-to guy. Um, but he he just did a phenomenal job with with everything with uh, lighting and and color palettes and and of course that's working in close uh, proximity to Chanwook Park, but. Yeah, it's just it's a beautifully shot movie. No, it absolutely is. Just the colors, the the whole, the landscapes, the the buildings, everything. Just the whole yeah. set designs, just perfect. Yeah. And, and, and you, um, even like going back to the acting, like you really believe that these women are in love, and it's not just like a fling of this is. I mean, there there is the eroticism. I was about to say, in, in one scene, you can you can really tell. Because yeah. those girls, those we girls went vagina all out. Cam? <laughs> Boom, vagina, baby. Do you remember vagina cam? Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that part was like kind of laughable to me, and I don't know if it was meant to be, but it's just yeah, that was essentially you. There's this one part where you you see the scene from one of the characters' vaginas, essentially, and basically it's, the vagina's point of view. If it yeah, happens. exactly. Which uh, maybe KFR, I'm just immature, everybody. but it was definitely <laughs> <laughs> welcome to KFR, where we talk about vagina, vagina cams. Um, but yeah, I, I really uh, I enjoyed it. What? I enjoyed it. <laughs> not 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 vagina cam, just the movie overall. No, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, no, though. The, oh man, the acting was so good. In it. Like, yeah, it was. In uh, Count Fujiwara, or as uh, his actual name goes. Uh, Jung Woo Ha, he was he was really enjoyable. He was like very charismatic, and obviously yeah. that was his character. Like, yeah, that was who. He like, was. but man, you like pretty much thought that was him. Like that was just him. Just absolutely. And again, I I wonder how much of that kind of goes uh, to us just not knowing these actors. Yeah, very well. But there's there is something to be said about watching a movie like every Hollywood is all about hiring people that other people know. And I get it, you know, for financial reasons, that is the best move. But as far as becoming immersed in a movie, not knowing who the actors are is really more beneficial in my mind. It really was. Let's move on to blind spotting. What is this? Oh, oh, oh this. hey, hey, I, I would like to get out. Look at this. I'm better one in the glove, though. Yeah. I, got, I ain't trying to go back to jail. $200. Please let me out. Not Colin's gun. Very nice. Oh, I just got an Uber pickup. <laughs> you got it. Is this an Uber? Hell yeah. Just tell him to slow down. No, you can't catch me. I'm on too fast on the gas. Don't chase me. Put him up like this, you got him. I'm a tough guy. I'm a tough guy. 3 a.m. Do me a favor. I got three days left on this probation. When you got that gun on you, just don't tell me about it. Plausible deniability. Oh, do you mean this gun? Get out. <laughs> Good night, Colin. Go. Bro. Stop. Stop! Don't you! Don't shoot! Ah! 
While on probation, a man begins to reevaluate <laughs> evaluate his relationship with his volatile best friend. <laughs> you struggled through that I, one. I did. I did. Struggle bus. It was so. It was just so. It was yeah. so hard. This movie yes. was so man. Oh my god. <laughs> so again, this is another one that I saw uh, before this, but I I kind of wanted. To, to share with you because it's one of the movies that I kind of wish we reviewed uh, on our YouTube channel, but you know, you had betrayed me and left. Uh, and yeah, we betrayed each other. No, I mean, I didn't by, betray uh, anyone by me leaving and you letting me go. So, I mean, <laughs> I had to let you go if I loved you to, to let go of the ones you love is to set them free. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but the reason I wanted to watch this one, uh, wanted you to watch this one because it's, uh, you know, it's my. My favorite movie of the year so far, and uh, I know we talked about in our Annihilation review that I thought that there could be no other movie that beat it out. But yeah. guess what? A movie beat it out, and it I was, was a fool. What's crazy to me is that like Annihilation feels so long ago. So every time you bring that up, I'm like, we saw that last year, Mike. We I saw know, that was year. this year. I know that was this it's, year. It's so weird. But yeah, I mean, I just kind of wanted to to share it with you, and and. Uh, as you know, Movie Pass shat the bed, and yeah. uh, is not as fun as it used to be. And I'm actually no longer with them. I I have left Movie Pass, but I do have something else that is almost as good, except for I have to go to AMC theaters. But uh, I mean, if, you, if you live where I live, there's one like five minutes down the road. It's that's pretty... not that. Just all no, AMC theaters no. are trashy. Listen, I know, <laughs> but they've <laughs> also got this nice deal where it's like eight bucks for a ticket in the movie. So oh, I can't well, yeah, that, that in that in that sense is nice. But uh, so when I went to go see this movie, it was like the first time that movie pass really like fucked me over and I, yeah. I had to pay for the ticket. And I went into the movie being very angry that I had to pay for a ticket. Uh, you know, having worked at a movie theater for so long, me having to pay for a ticket is not something that has happened much. It's fucking um, blasphemy, Mike. Yeah. Although this shouldn't year, happen. And, you know, I was kind of ready to think this movie wasn't worth the money I spent. Yeah. But it, it was. It was worth the thirteen twenty five that I spent on it. Thirteen twenty. That's wow. Yeah. Big spender over here, everybody. I mean, you know, Regal. It's, Money uh, bags, Mike. That's that's his name in the uh, Money bags, Pennsylvania Mike. That's state. <laughs> Money bags, Mike. Uh, but uh, and, and I just absolutely loved this movie when I first saw it, and but, now listen, too. I still love it. I don't want to, you know. I mean, as much as I would, I would love to break your heart. Um, I have to say, I'm very, 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 very glad that you recommended this movie. <laughs> well, I'm glad I recommended it, too. Because, uh, boy, oh, boy, did I enjoy it. I didn't watch it on any red box or anything like that, but I did rent it on Prime, Amazon Prime. And, man, oh. did, was it Prime? <laughs> was it a Prime film? I don't even know where to begin. Just like the last one, I don't know where to begin. Man, this I movie mean, was so well balanced, almost in it, every it really single was. way. Yeah. So the, I, the for once for once the uh, IMDb synopsis does not really do it justice. No, so it essentially, this movie opens with this guy uh, being told he's going to be on probation for a year, and then it jumps to three days left on probation. And uh, essentially, it's it's just him trying to not get in trouble and, uh, you know, not be re-put on, pro like, have his probation extended in the last three days. 
Uh, but in he's trying those, to be a good boy. <laughs> yeah, in those last three days, he witnesses a cop uh, shoot a, an unarmed man who's not only unarmed, but he's also running away several yards away, poses no threat to the cop at all, which is something I really appreciated is that they didn't make it like a gray area where, yeah. you know, the cop was being attacked or even like could even hint that he was being attacked. It was like, no, this guy was running away. Yeah. He was like a shoot. full cent or 10 seconds behind the guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so I really like they, they, in in that choice, they really took the opposite argument away. And that's not to say that cops jobs aren't stressful, but like even with with the look that the cop gives uh, the main character, Colin, uh, played by Davi Diggs, the mm. look that he gives him after it happens is I fucked up. Oh, shit. Like he knows he was in the wrong. In my and, and there is a witness. And, and I really like that. They kind of got rid of a. Uh, that gray area. But then, you know, the movie goes on and it's just him trying to cope with the fact that this happens uh, mixed with the fact that uh, Oakland, the city that they live in and grew up in is kind of being gentrified and uh, everything's turning away. Um, and I actually saw an interview with uh, Raphael Casal, who plays Miles, and uh, they were talking about how it was like the movie's really about three identity crisis crises. Uh, yeah. where like Colin is labeled as a thug, but he's trying to be a good person. Uh, uh, Miles is seen as a fraud in his hometown because he's white, but uh, everyone thinks he's like a gentrifier and not from Oakland, even though he is. And then uh, the city of Oakland has an uh, identity, identity crisis with like the whole gentrification. They're not really sure. The city overall is kind of like fe uh, feuding with each other. Yeah. And I thought that was a really interesting look at it. Yeah, and there's it's, even on top of that, there's so many other themes that are in this, and it's it's mm -hmm. it's so well done. Yeah, just like uh, just between like uh, how how it is to be pictured in the eyes of just you know just white people or any other as a black man with dreads or something like that, mm -hmm. or just in the the cops like the cops against uh, like the minority and stuff like that, and oh man, it balances everything else so ridiculously really does. well and it's it does a good job of mixing comedy and drama oh, and knowing when to be in one when to combine them both like the scene yeah. where the uh the customer at the moving store or the the moving headquarters tells the story of how davy diggs yeah. got arrested but to him it's funny and hilarious and, and, and you can see the drunk history thing where everybody's yeah, lips yeah. are synced up and and you can see like how much pain it causes Davi uh the the character of Colin and it, it's like you said it's so perfectly balanced mm -hmm. like the, the timing of all the humor yeah. the the drama like the the first like 10 minutes you're strapped in for like a drama like prison type thing and then yeah next thing you know it goes into this hilarious bit where these guys are like smoking weed and holding guns in the air and just like <laughs> yeah there, there's a the there's you're talking about the scene in the car yeah the the yeah. uber car <laughs> yeah so the uh to kind of paint the picture there uh three colin miles and another one of their friends is in this car uh you know they're uh, does it do they ever specify that they're smoking weed or 
Uh, I think um, they're just it's just they're smoking. They're smoking something. And and uh Miles and the driver are talking about guns and of course with Colin being on probation, he wants nothing to do with it. But he's in a car that only has like the doors and he has to be let out of the back seat. Yeah. So so they start like showing the guns. Uh, he picks up one gun. He's like, "I'd like to be let out of the car." And, and I'd like to get just out keep of pulling, here, please. Yeah, he just keeps pulling guns out of everywhere, like the the There's glove like compartment. Six or, or seven guns in the <laughs> yeah. whole car, and they're just like, "Why uh, do you have this many guns?" And he's just like, "Listen, man, I'm in Oakland." <laughs> <laughs> it's just got such good comedic timing in that scene, and and, and then uh, after that, it jumps into like a whole different thing. It's. There's no justice in how I'm even describing it. It's just so well done between the it really is each, each like genre that it does. Yeah, Raphael Casal, who plays Miles, uh, he is just like the highlight of every scene he's in. He's so good. Like I, um, he you really buy him as that character. And honestly, mm-hmm. like I thought that that's just kind of who he was as a person. And then I saw an interview with him, and he's like. I don't want to say completely different, but he it, it shook me how different he was from his character. Sometimes you see like a character who's really good, and yeah. then you see and you're like, oh, they were just playing themselves. But he was significantly different from uh, who he is as a person. I actually at least as, at least as, soon as, as you've seen in an interview. As soon as he came in on screen, I actually didn't think he was. No offense to him, but I was like, oh man, this this guy probably doesn't seem like he'll be great. Next thing you know, he's blowing it out of the water with his performance. That hair oh, salon yeah. scene was so funny and had me dying. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. this guy, he goes around miles. He uh, goes around trying to sell stuff for some extra cash. So he goes to a hair trying salon to get his trying to sell preschool. some secondhand hair merchandise. And it's it's so funny. And there's another scene where he's trying to sell a boat. And then there's just like this, this banter between him <laughs> and the customer just slang. And it's so funny. Yeah, it it's really actually is laughing funny. like crazy. And then and then he goes back to uh Colin and Colin's like, What were you saying? He's like, Oh, I have no idea. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> but you gotta have they some. They just pop like the way it, it flows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh an, a pleasant surprise in this is uh, a little cameo. I don't know if it's, you can consider it a cameo, but uh Wayne Knight, also known as Newman from Seinfeld, yeah, uh shows up about maybe 30, 40 minutes in. And creates another funny scene that kind of really builds the relationship between Colin and Miles, um, where he tells them to stare into each other's eyes, and they're like a little skeptical. <laughs> He's like, "It's not sexual." It's like, "Well, now that well, it, it, is, it now. is now, <laughs> yeah." <laughs> it's, uh, it's just really great timing, and yeah, and, and, you know, really this movie like, is literally full of it. It's yeah, really, I ah. Yeah, Davi Diggs and Raphael Castle actually uh, Casal. I, I I gotta pick movies with names I can pronounce. Raphael uh, Casal. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just a, a moron that can't pronounce names. <laughs> um, but they were they actually went to high school together. So that's really they they wrote this together and they went to high school together. And you you can definitely tell the chemistry comes through in that sense. It's actually awesome. One thing I I loved that this did was using kind of rap. Uh, and and slam poetry to show someone's emotions, like this. Uh, shortly, like a couple nights after the uh, he he witnesses the shooting, Colin has this um, nightmare where he's on trial, and Miles is actually the lawyer who's who's uh, prosecuting him, and the whole thing is like this rap music video, and mm-hmm. it's just so 
so well done yeah. and ah, uh, it's if that were like an actual music video, I would not be surprised. But it's in a movie, which is even better. It's a film video. <laughs> a film movie video. Music thing. film video. Yeah. Uh, there's. And, uh, I literally wrote down, blind spotting is so good. <laughs> which so good. Not wrong. Yeah. But. I think what I meant to put down was the scene where they're kind of like explaining the blind spotting, like what that what that actually means. Yeah, yeah, the uh, the the picture. I forget what it's called, but it's, it's the picture it's like where you either thing. see two faces or a vase. Yeah, and it kind of it, it really like they sums up the whole movie in, in that where when you look at someone, you can either see one thing or another thing, and depending on what you see, kind of tells more about how you were brought up than it does about uh, that person, um, which is kind of beautiful I, in a way. Yeah, I think they that, just in this type of movie, where, like, you, you'll look at, let's say, you'll look at, uh, what, Miles? Yeah, you'll look at Miles, mm-hmm. you'll see that he's white and, like, he's actually more of a bad guy than Colin is. Absolutely, yeah. Like, he's he's the main reason and they, that and Colin they, got arrested in the yeah. first place. And they, they hit that note so hard in the movie. Yeah. Like, and it's like, so impactful. They, they have this conversation uh, after Miles gets in a fight at a party, uh, the, that conversation where um, he, he uh, Colin keeps asking why it's okay for him to call miles the n-word but not the other way around you know uh and and kind of really makes you think like i don't know where i'm going with this i'm kind of digging myself in a hole but like that, <laughs> i'm just no, taking my word for it, it really that does make you think like it's 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 so powerful like it's not even something you should be thinking about like well Wow! Now I'm stuck in the hole you're at. Yeah, it's it's, it's not, not something you think about. You shouldn't you... judge a book by its cover until you get to know the book itself. Yeah, exactly. And you know, and when that's when Miles the whole meaning of it. Yeah, when Miles goes back home and uh, his wife calls him the N word, and he's just like, "Can you not? Can you not call me that?" Like that that kind of just like yeah. slammed that home. And it's just it's such a a well-written moment. And honestly, like, I don't know what I can say more about that because I'm white and don't want to say anything that might be taken the wrong way. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, this, this movie can be enjoyed through so many different points of views and absolutely. so many different themes. And it's, it's, I'm kind of like awestruck that it's even as low as it is on IMDb. Not that it's low, like it's a good score, but like it should be higher. In, yeah. in my opinion, and, and it, it builds tension so well too mm-hmm. that uh, like um, like there's this part where the, one of the guns that Miles actually buys in the beginning of the movie eventually gets onto Colin's person, uh, like right after oh, the fight man. at the party, and, and the tension and, in that scene. Yeah, too. and anytime, anytime he's just you know he has the gun on him, and like he's just walking down the street. It's just so intense. And not, and not even there's that scene. Like, just if, if you're watching this movie, you know what this dude's going through that he's on probation, that he's so close to getting free. And anytime he's in a situation where, like, that could be screwed over, mm-hmm. yeah, you're on the edge of your seat because you're, like, just waiting for something to happen. And you know, it's just, like, at the edge of the corner there, just waiting. To yeah, absolutely. And I thought and that like, did that so well. 
Yeah, and then just when you forget about it, too, uh, one of the last scenes in the movie, they go to... They're, uh, Colin and Miles are, are movers. They drive a moving truck. They pick things up and move them to wherever they need to go. And they uh, one of their clients' houses, he they go to the house, and it's the officer that, you know... Uh, shot the guy in the beginning of the movie. The the whole thing that's been kind of bringing stress and and uh, making him lose sleep, Collins in, in Collins' life the past couple days, and he's there face to face with the guy, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, has a moment of weakness uh, where he kind of just does something stupid, but you could tell that emotion is taking over than anything, and um, just when he, I mean he. He breaks laws and doesn't break laws at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's in the guy's house and, and pulls a gun on him, but also he pulls the gun because the guy's about to pull a gun on him, too. Yeah. Uh, so it's all kind of understandable. And then he just has this... The whole thing where, where Miles says, like, oh, they, they like it when you add a little bounce, so he kind of just tells the cop how he feels in a rap, and you would think that, was, that would be super cheesy, but it's honestly, like one of the best parts, if not the best part of the movie. It just, it hits it home so well. Guess I'm just a little bigger than a picture playing chicken with a cliff, but I ain't never been a flincher. Block is getting hotter. I'ma be the one to bring the winter. Fuck it, everybody want a body of a cop to splinter. I mean, why wouldn't I dare him? He's splitting wigs for 80K a year and ain't from here. He'll miss him if he disappear. Filling up with fear, I know you feel it. I've been feeling it for years. In fact, I don't remember ever never feeling it. The one who going dummy never felt the need to run, but I've been sprinting till I limp across the finish with a gun up in my blind spot, really. Ain't too hard to figure that you probably never really felt the pressure of a nigga, but you know what? I ain't never felt the pressures of a trigger. Throughout the movie, it just, it it creates a world where you just, it makes sense in the time yeah, that does. he would do this. And it doesn't, it doesn't feel uh, forced. It, it's, uh... It's. I mean, I don't like rap, but it's got some serious flow to it. Is that it a thing does. the kids say? Flow. It's got some flow. <laughs> it did in this movie. Um, it's 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 such a powerful moment, and then it ends. Uh, you know, another thing it does really well is that you can see the pain in the cop's eyes. Not that the that that Colin is causing to him, but just like what he did is causing to himself. Mm-hmm. Like it's it doesn't show that he's unremorseful. Like some some cops have and like George Zimmerman has bad where like they kind of thrive in the fact that they did that. He, he really feels terrible for what he did and, and understands that it's bad. And you can see that in his eyes. And then, uh, he oh, that cop did so that got that actor that, Oh yeah. That cop, he did so well. He's got like three lines in the entire movie and he, he's, he, he nails every, every single moment he has in the movie. And, uh, he, um, he after Colin leaves, Miles is still there because he's kind of shocked that what just happened happened too. And the cop turns to Miles and says, "I didn't mean to." Are you sure? And it really kind of makes you think about like not so much the act itself, but the subconscious act of it, where like he thinks he didn't mean to do it, but did you know the uh the systematic racism that kind of runs part of this country did that get in his mind and make him do something that he knew was wrong, but just cause uh, another guy was different from him and did something probably minor in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Um, it, it just really kind of hits it home and 
like you said, everything is well balanced. It's so well balanced. Also, so well balanced. That whole little monologue you were just doing while you were doing that, I just looked up who that officer was. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's Rusty Griswold from Vegas Vacation. That, uh, what? <laughs> I can't look at that cop now the same. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're kidding me, right? I'm not kidding. That's <laughs> Rusty Griswold from Vegas Vacation. Well, good on him. Yeah, for real. Good on him. Hopefully this brings him some work. As he was, or he was Bobby Ray in Sweet Home Alabama. He like nailed it. Like yeah, I, yeah. he was so good. That's and he hilarious. doesn't look like him at all. No, he doesn't. Damn. That okay. Is... <laughs> okay. Yeah. I see you, Ethan Embry. Fact. I see you, Ethan Embry. <laughs> I'm Man. sitting there, I'm like, I wanted to say something, but you had your whole monologue going. I'm like, oh, oh sorry. Oh, I'm going to save this. <laughs> I, was, I, was going on a, I was going on a thing. Oh, you were good. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's all I have to say about it. I'm glad yes. you enjoyed it. If you yes, did not same. enjoy this, I would have been, uh, I mean, I, I, we would still be friends, but I would have been upset. <laughs> no, I would have been upset at myself, honestly, if I didn't like it. Yeah. That is the life we live in, and it's been since the beginning, and you know we stuck in that soil loyal. Don't be who you is. Every time you come around, you monsters got me feeling like a monster in my own town. I ain't no killer. So, that does it for our discussions on The Handmaiden and Blind Spotting. Mm-hmm. Once again, so far, the only thing on the shelf is Outlaw King. Both movies last week did not make it, but let's see if The Handmaiden and Blindspotting will be on it. And uh, just because I've seen both of these, and I think you probably know my answer for both of them, I will go first for both. Uh, Handmaiden, I believe it absolutely deserves to go on. It is one of the best movies, not just foreign movies, but one of the best movies made in probably the last five years. Um, So I think it absolutely deserves to go on the KFR shelf. As much as I did enjoy this movie, mm. I do feel like it belongs on a shelf. <laughs> <laughs> you actually had me there for a second. <laughs> I'm trying to do it different because I don't want to sound like my usual self. <laughs> you did really good for you, that you one. caught me the last time. I did. That's because you, you did your normal thing. So, yeah. So, The Handmaiden goes on the shelf it is the second movie to go on the shelf with outlaw king mm-hmm. and now we're going on the blind spotting and i'm just gonna rip it off like a motherfucking band-aid it deserves to go on the shelf i once again i was worried this would not be after a second viewing this would not be my favorite movie of 2018 but it still is uh, i think it's definitely one of the most important movies of the year if not one of the best movies of the year mm-hmm. uh so that also goes on the shelf for me are we doing a twofer is this is twofer two for two you the tell first me. episode, we're doing two for two. This is it. This is the one. Two for episode. Two for. That's it, guys. Two we're for done. grace. We're done. KFR News Radio is done. This is it. We're, we're got, dropping. We're dropping everything. <laughs> we can't from here. do better than this. So we got blind spotting and the handmaiden on the shelf with Outlaw King, 
And honestly, I am super stoked about that. I'm super serial you know, stoked right now. I'm looking at this shelf right now. I don't think we've got much room for anything else. That's about it. <laughs> it's a very small it's shelf. Ve- we got the it's small shelf in the world. Small shelf. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to what our movies are for next week. Uh, you said that you were picking one that you know we both have seen, uh, but you're yes. excited about. Um, I when we were doing our our little letterbox things, we were rating our movies i passed the movie and i was like damn i want to see that again but i don't know if mike has seen it and then i saw on your letterbox that you did see it and i said damn mike (laughs) saw it (laughs) but i still want to see it and i'm gonna make kira watch it uh while i watch it because it's 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 so good at least to me (laughs) um so i'm gonna go out with it so here we go it's got uh Maz Michelson, or Ma- Moss Michelson. I think that's how you pronounce it, Moss. Can you guess that movie? Is it The Hunt? Boom, baby. Ah, oh, another foreign movie. Another foreign uh, movie. I'm, I'm excited to watch that again. Not because it's going to, I think it's good or anything. I'm just trying to build some tension and maybe, <laughs> I, maybe I'll hate it. <laughs> I realized after last week it was completely obvious what I thought of the two movies we were yeah. picking. But, uh, yeah, I'm... I'm interested in uh seeing if uh, i feel the same way about this one but uh n- now for the movie that i'm gonna pick you know i kind of feel like we've been too modern with our selections lately yeah. uh, i know you're not a big classic movie fan and kind of before the 80s you're not a huge fan of but you you do have the odd one here and there uh so i am going to go with uh mean streets the martin scorsese movie from 1973 i believe which yeah 1973 and that is available on Amazon Prime so anyone who's listening and wants to watch that before next week's episode you can see that on Amazon Prime um starring Martin uh now directed by Martin Scorsese starring <laughs> Robert De Niro, Harvey Keitel and David Provel uh okay. but yeah so Mean Streets and The Hunt where can The Hunt be watched um i'm pretty sure it is on Hulu so The Hunt on Hulu and Mean Streets on Amazon Prime. Hopefully everyone has access Ooh, excuse me, access to those. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about this next week. Uh, as always, you can follow us on the Instagram at Keystone underscore film underscore review. Uh, I am trying to post more than just movies that we talk about on here, on there. Yeah, and then you can also follow us on Facebook, Keystone Film Review. Uh, on Letterboxd, I am Mike KFR. And, uh, you know, the most original name in the world, as I always say, Glenn KFR on Letterboxd. And And I actually just rated the shit out of some movies like this (laughs) week. Like I I was at like 50 and now I'm like above 850 or something like that. I'm I'm at like 2300 or something. Yeah, you've definitely seen more than me. Yeah. Yeah. And I also just spent a lot of time reviewing them. But yeah. So The Hunt and Mean Streets are next week and i'm excited we both are michael we'll talk about that next week i'll see you later see you buddy